Greetings, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome to the Magic of Airy podcast. This production is based on my novel, The Magic of Airy, a fantasy comedy adventure story that is best described as The Wizard of Oz meets Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I wrote the novel with young adult audiences in mind, so the story is aimed at readers ages 13 and up. The hero of the story is Steve, a 13-year-old boy from Michigan who is spending the summer with his uncle Shameless. One day, they take off on a canoe trip down the Grand River and end up being transported to the weird and wacky world of Aerie. Steve finds himself in a world filled with magic, talking animals, and strange places. Steve learns he is part of a mysterious prophecy to defeat the wicked hawk king of Aerie. But there is one problem. Steve doesn't believe in magic or make-believe. He only believes in science and logic. So sit back and enjoy The Magic of Aerie, the podcast. The Magic of Airy, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan, based on the novel The Magic of Airy by Daniel J. Hogan. To learn more about the novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, Harry is spelled E-Y-R-I. Episode number one, A Shameless Summer. Once upon a lunchtime a few afternoons ago, a young boy watched a grown man pick a fight with a duck. The fight was not without reason, as the man had been enjoying a sandwich until the duck swooped down and skillfully knocked the sandwich out of his hands. A chase ensued as the man ran after the duck, the stolen sandwich clasped tightly in its bill. The irritated and hungry man chased the duck down the bank of the Grand River, where he had been enjoying his sandwich prior to it being stolen. The chase eventually led the pair out into the waters of the slow-moving river. The man had forgotten ducks could fly until it hovered safely over his head while he thrashed around in the water. After swallowing its stolen prize, the duck let down its guard long enough for the man to grab the bird out of the air. He grabbed the duck's neck in one hand and started to drunkenly express the wrongness of stealing someone else's lunch. Now listen here, pal. You can't just go around stealing what ain't yours. The duck, still caught in the man's vice-like grip, ignored all this alcohol-soaked lecturing. I don't steal all the bread people throw in the river for you guys, do I? The man asked the beady-eyed mallard. Well, there was that one time, but that was an emergency. I was trying to make this really big sandwich. You see, I had made a bet that I could make the biggest sandwich ever. The trapped duck gave the man a confused look. Look, how else was I going to save the orphanage? By now, a crowd had formed on the banks of the river. The young boy shook his head and watched the debacle before him. Whispers worked their way through the crowd as the man in the river continued spinning his tall tale. Oh, it's shameless, Harrier. I might have known, said a rotund man with a beard. Who else in River City would pick a fight with a duck? What kind of a name is Shameless? asked the man without a beard. Oh, well, his real name is Shameless, but everyone in River City just calls him Shameless because he's a shameless drunk, explained a skinny man with a mustache. Yes, but he does tell a good story, added a woman with a bad haircut. 
As good as Shameless was at telling stories, the duck had long lost interest before he had even finished listing the arc-like ingredients of the mythical sandwich. I saw Elsa put in deers, antelopes, mooses, oh, and plenty of... Ouch! Shameless yelled as the duck bit his nose. He awkwardly thrashed around in the river with the small duck clamped firmly to his sniffer as the crowd collectively shook their heads and walked away. The young boy also shook his head as he watched Shameless let go of the duck and fall backwards into the water. The duck triumphantly flew away, with quacking echoing off the stone ledges along the Grand River. The young boy sighed, picked up the blanket he had been laying on, and walked over to Shameless as he stumbled out of the river. The soggy man took the blanket with a drenched arm and wrapped it around himself. Uh, thank you, boy. You're a good caddy. Shameless whispered before he collapsed onto the ground, drunk, wet, and exhausted. The boy shook his head once again as he watched over the soaked man. You're welcome, Uncle. Steve hated River City. In fact, he hated it so much that he spent a whole afternoon looking up synonyms for hate so he wouldn't run out of ways to express this in his phone calls to his parents. His favorite so far was Loathe. Steve Harrier was from the suburbs of a big city on the east side of Michigan and was not accustomed to small-town life in the mid-Michigan town of River City. Instead of skyscrapers and luxury malls, there were farm silos and sidewalk sales. Since he was from the suburbs, Steve was not accustomed to being surrounded by nature all the time. His yard back home had one tree, just like everyone else on his block. Everyone also had the same house in his hometown of Beacon Pines. He liked it that way. He could go over to a friend's house and already know where the bathroom was. That was, if he had any friends. There weren't many children on his block. Most of his neighbors were elderly couples who had lived there since Beacon Pines was built decades ago. This was one of the reasons Steve's parents had sent him to live with Uncle Shameless for the summer. Steve's parents hoped that spending a few months in a small town with other children around would help Steve act more like a regular kid. For his age, Steve took life very seriously. He almost never smiled. He also had no use for make-believe or imagination. His parents blamed the schools, for they had stopped all arts and music programs, stating that they were tired of the children acting childish. The schools also banned all storybooks, namely those dealing with faraway magic lands, space adventures, and wizards, especially wizards. As a result, all of the children had the creativity and personality of a bag of rocks. Not too long after arriving in River City, Uncle Shameless witnessed Steve's condition firsthand as he tried to entertain his nephew with a popular Michigan myth. And so, this huge mother bear waited and waited for her cubs. Uncle Shameless held out his arms as far as he could suggest the size of the bear. And she's still waiting to this day. Only now she's covered in sand. That's why the dunes are called Sleeping Bear. The boy quickly fired back a counter-argument. Let me get this straight. A mountain-sized bear lived in Michigan? Yep. It was so big you could walk across it for a fortnight and still not see the other side. Huge it was. Mammoth even. That's impossible. 
Steve said with a sigh. The ecosystem in Michigan could never support such a huge creature. A bear's primary food is fish. There would have to be whale-sized fish in the Great Lakes. Simply impossible. Ah, but how do you know there weren't fish that side, eh? They are called the Great Lakes after all, Uncle Shameless said with a wink. Easy! There is no evidence of such creatures in the fossil record, Steve answered proudly. Uncle Shameless placed a hand on Steve's shoulder. Boy, never let the facts get in the way of a good story. The serious young boy had similar problems when trying to socialize with the children of River City, especially when it came to playing make-believe. You want to play with us? Asked a red-headed boy with mismatched sneakers as he gestured to his group of friends. Not right! The red-headed boy exclaimed, cutting off Steve's response. Me, Alex, and Kevo will be pirates. You, Tony, and Benny will be cowboys. Steve gave the red-headed boy a confused expression as he continued setting up his make-believe scene. And we're attacking your moon fortress. Here's your moon sword. Steve held up his moon sword and examined it skeptically. This is just a stick. The red-headed boy ignored Steve's observation. Ready? Go! Steve stood in the middle of the group, not moving. This is ridiculous. Pirates and cowboys were separated by hundreds of years, not to mention hundreds of miles. And last I checked, you couldn't sail a boat or ride a horse to the moon. Steve explained sternly. And like I said, this is just a stick. Steve broke the stick over his knee and stormed off to go read a lengthy essay about holes in space, leaving the group of boys to wonder if insanity ran in his family. River City earned its name from the Grand River, which ran through the middle of downtown. The cozy little town used this to its advantage, building parks around the river, and in some cases on many of the little islands on the Grand River itself. Boy, you see all these islands up and down the Grand River? Yes. You wanna know where they come from? I know where they come from, Steve replied. Geological formations built up over time, probably caused by glaciers. No, 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 Uncle Shameless interrupted. You see, many years ago, there was a woman traveling down the river in a boat with all of her children. Steve sighed, but listened. Anyway, the boat caught fire. Caught on fire? In a river? Don't interrupt me, boy. Now, where was I? <sighs> boat on fire. Oh, yes. So anyways, in order to save her children, the woman threw them into the river. And guess what? Each of the children turned into an island. Steve stared at his uncle, his mouth open in disbelief. That... that's... Impossible? Uncle Shameless asked. Yes! People can't turn into islands! Steve yelled. Well, folks were different back then. Maybe they had a high-fiber diet. Uncle Shameless lived on a farm along the bank of the Grand River. He had not always been the town drunk. He used to run a successful farm and apple orchard. But eventually, he could not compete with the huge farms owned by large companies. It was a good year if his farm broke even and that had rarely happened towards the end. 
The local markets in and near River City that would buy Uncle Shameless's crops went out of business under the heel of nationwide superstore chains that began to sprout up everywhere. These super supermarkets opened up near River City and ran the local mom-and-pop shops into the ground, mostly by selling cheap produce grown overseas. Uncle Shameless, then known as Seamus, shut his farm down and survived by renting space on his land to roadside and riverside billboards. An endless sea of tall signs filled every available spot on his barren land, most of which advertised the companies that had helped put him out of business. One bright and sunny summer day, Uncle Shameless walked up to Steve while he was under a tree reading an essay about biodiesel. Boy, I just had a fantastic idea. That must have hurt. Steve mumbled. We're gonna go on a canoe trip down the Grand River. Steve looked up from the essay. A what trip? Canoe. Can I what? What? You said, can you, and I asked, can I what? Steve replied, uh, I said, can you? I know, can I what? Steve asked again, growing impatient. Uh, I said, can you? Uncle Shameless explained, his face crimped with confusion. I know, and I keep asking you, can I what? Uncle Shameless walked Steve down to the small wooden dock by the Grand River and pointed to a beat-up aluminum canoe. That's a canoe. Oh, said Steve. Uh, They were created by the first peoples of America and were used to tame angry lakes and rivers, Uncle Shameless explained to his young nephew. And in fact... Uncle Shameless paused to take a long drink from a bottle. They were used by Lewis and Clark when they fought the Aztecs during the War of 1812. Wow. Wait, what? Ignoring Steve, Uncle Shameless continued. That that canoe in front of you, he drunkenly pointed to the worn-out craft in front of them, is the pride of the Harrier fleet. Steve looked around, searching for other boats. Finding none, he said, It is the Harrier fleet. That night, while sitting outside under the starry sky, Uncle Shameless told Steve his plan. Uh, What we'll do is get in that canoe and go down the river, seeing the sights, Hearing the sounds and smelling the smells, Uncle Shameless said with a wink. He leaned too far back while doing so and fell out of his chair. Ouch! Smells? Steve asked. Yes! Smells! Uncle Shameless proclaimed. He stood up and dusted off his torn flannel shirt and equally torn tattered blue jeans. Haven't you ever smelled nature? Can't say I have. Well... Now you're in for a treat, Uncle Shameless bellowed. He stretched as far as his 45-year-old body would let him and rested his large, calloused hands on his tangled mess of hair. I'm cold. How about a little fire? Isn't it a little too warm for a fire? Nonsense! Besides, it'll give me an excuse to teach you how to build a fire. Now, first things first... 
Where's my gas can? Uncle Shameless wandered around, gathering up random pieces of wood and other burnable objects. This isn't necessary. No, no, it's no problem at all. Steve heard his uncle yell from somewhere in the darkness. Eventually, Uncle Shameless returned and began piling up the wood and paper he had found. Uncle Shameless then grabbed his old dented gasoline can. Steve watched nervously as his uncle poured the entire contents over the pile. Uncle Shameless then fumbled through the pockets of his torn jeans until he found a book of matches. He lit one of the matches and threw it into the pile of gasoline-soaked wood and paper. A pillar of flame shot up before it descended quickly and burnt itself out. Steve looked at his uncle. His entire front side was blackened and smoking. You know, boy, you're right. It is too hot for a fire. Let's go inside. Thank you for listening to The Magic of Airy, the podcast. Make sure to join us again for the next thrilling episode. Today's episode's cast starred Rutherford McKinley Jr. as Uncle Shameless, Rutherford McKinley Sr. as Steve, Gunforth Vanderclap as Rotund Man No. 1, Nance Marshall as Rotund Man No. 2, Rev Cameron as The Skinny Man, Laura B. Wise as The Woman with the Bad Haircut, Has Jansen as the redheaded boy. And as always, I'm your friendly narrator, Bingo Kingsley. The production date of this podcast was February 27th, 2009, and is copyright Daniel J. Hogan. This podcast was recorded in GarageBand on a Mac. For more information, please visit magicofairy.com or send an email to airyfans at gmail.com. And remember... Area is spelled E-Y-R-I.